this is Rapau and today in Tower Talks we're talking to Gustav Wildhaber of Q Action Team. Alright, welcome back to the Turbo Talks podcast. In this episode, no road cycling, but something a little different as it's time to focus on the mountain bike scene and hear how these athletes go about their training, how they use their Garmin devices, and I'm sure our guest for today also has a crazy story or two to share about his life as a professional mountain biker. I'm stoked to be joined by one of the most animating riders on the mountain bike scene. Welcome Gustav Wildhaber, aka Gusti, of the Cube Action Team. Gusti, thanks for joining the podcast. How are you? Yeah, yeah, thanks. I'm fine. Uh, it's, uh, it's a long time since we raced. And uh, yeah, three boys, a wife, uh, a home. And uh, it's nice to stay home as well. So I'm fine, but I'm ready uh, to to travel and uh, go to some races. Yeah, yeah, that must be exciting. Uh, looking forward to. Uh, you mentioned the family. Happy birthday to your son because uh, you're going to have a house full of kids soon and you're going to be picked up by Nuno Shooter for, for a training. So n- not a bad day for you. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So we have uh, around 25, 30 minutes and then it's going to be crazy. This time. <laughs> and uh, uh, I go to a ride with Nino and going to be maybe a little bit hard, but uh, I'm always uh, in. So do, do you do some of the same crazy core exercises as, uh, as Nino always does? Yeah, we train sometimes together, but in the last one, two years was uh, heavy because uh, I got new babies and uh, he also has a family. So when you have uh, less time, you, you use the time better. So it's no more time for drive drive somewhere by car and train together. But today looks good. The trails are dusty in my home, so he's coming. He's coming. So you better follow him then. <laughs> who's, who's better in, the, in all the balancing acts? Is that you or him? Because he's doing some, some crazy juggling when he's on the, all his uh, core exercises. Or is that for you the same? Uh, he, I would say Nino is one of the best in this stuff because he's very talented and he's doing a lot. So this combination makes him uh, really strong. But uh, it's always good to battle with him. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a cool thing to train together. And uh, let's see. What's, what, what are we going to do today? If we look at your training, um, what are some of like the core things that you always do in training? Next to, you obviously do your strength work and your core training. Uh, how does the other training look when you're riding outside? Uh, I do a lot of, of gym stuff, especially uh, bench press, squats. I, I prefer to have some heavy weights. And uh, yeah, it helps a lot when you ride enduro because... Yeah, when you do a big jump or you you go a little bit too too far, you you need to to punch the power when you train in the gym. And uh, for core training, it's quite hard because you suffer so so much in the training. And I don't like them because it's it's a little bit boring. But uh, yeah, I do I do I do some stuff, and when I do, I do hard, so it's fine. <laughs> And you mentioned the uh, the enduro because that's your discipline. Uh, can you explain to the listeners what is enduro? Because it's still a fairly new discipline as well, isn't it? Enduro is very special. Actually, there is every race is different. So sometimes you have two day two days training, two days uh, racing. Sometimes it's one day racing, one day training, and it's 
it's always different. The stages, it's sometimes two and a half minutes, like the age. Then it's 20, 22 minutes in Chile, South America, a few years ago. And it's it's crazy. You you it's it's heavy to find the perfect training to to say this is the training for enduro because you can train so much threshold stuff, V zero max. You can do sprints, whatever you you do, but the season is long, the race is sometimes super long, like uh, marathon stuff. And then you go to Final Ligure or some, somewhere, there are four or five stages of three minutes, then it's more DH. So it's quite a hard thing to find the, the right training or balance. There are also a few really good riders without any trainer. So it's, it's quite a, a hard thing to say, this is the perfect training for Enduro. So, so how did you get into enduro? Did you come from like another discipline? What what was your first uh, yeah time on a mountain bike, and how did you get eventually to enduro? I stepped really late in mountain biking. Uh, I grew up on a on a farm. I was always working in the Alps, and I think I stepped in with eighteen years, first time ever. But I do a lot of motorcycling stuff, like motocross. Like in the Alps, you just tread everywhere. So I have the feeling of speed. And then I start with some marathon races, uh, cross-country races. And then I step to the French League a little bit, like the Alpes stuff, Mega Valage, Maxi Valage, Transvisibien. Like it's the focus is more to technique and still a lot of endurance in. And I think that's the point where Enduro is starting. Like also the EWS, we... A few years, uh, the races were super long and super, it was super hard. And now they, the focus is going to be shorter, shorter and more to the age. That's why so many the age guys stepped in and they are, they are really strong. Like five, six years ago, there were stages like crazy. You have to pedal uh, two minutes, some two minutes uphills in the stages and that, then you blow off when you're not super strong. And, and at the moment, it almost looks like there's a lot of action in the downhill sections in the in the enduro. Is that what excites you the most? Is that what the most thrilling part of it? Ah, uh, yes, I like I really like the high speed stuff, like when when you have uh, in the stage like a big average speed, like the speed is always up, and when it's super slow, like technical stuff. In my home, the trails are uh, only switchback and it's deep, so. It's sometimes you, you feel bad, but then you're fast. That's that's a funny thing on Enduro. Sometimes when you, you ride a, a stage and you feel, ah, that wasn't so good, you do so many mistakes, it it's shit, then, oh, the time is crazy, I'm, I'm fifth or sixth. And uh, stage uh, later, you feel very good, you don't do any mistake, and uh, ah, that must be a really good time, and then you are on 25. That's crazy. That's That's really crazy. So when was the first time for you that you felt like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this stuff, and uh, I want to make, I want to do this for a living? I think was a, the process was slowly because you, I, I always worked. I worked, I train, I worked, I go to some races, and then you, you, you do a little bit less working. You improve this, this, then you get the bikes, then you get a little bit money. It was like the process was over years, but I. I think as I, I feel still I, I feel early that I have the the thing to to win races, but uh, it's always heavy when you're sitting so much on the bike and uh, riding fast. You 
it's easy to get insured and make a small mistake and the season is off and it also happens sometimes. You probably remember your first crash then as well on a mountain bike. Yeah. Was it was it a tough one or Yeah, no, it was it was the first mass start race close to my home, Flims Locks, and there was a few really good guys like Dan Atherton wasn't this time really strong. Nina Shorter was starting, the Absolo Brothers was there. And I was staying on the line there. My hand was like shaking. And <laughs> I, I, I did a really good start and was in the front. But then I, somewhere I, I hit the hole and there was no experience about my, my bike skills. So I crashed over the handlebar and I broke my collarbone. And I just jumped back on the bike and said, oh, everything fine. And I pedal and I feel the bone was coming out on the, the skin. And I was like, oh, what's this? And that was my first big crash, and I broke the collarbone and a few ribs, and then I think I was fucked for a few months. That was awful. I think you've had uh, you've had a fair few couple of crashes since. Um, do you keep track how many surgeries or how many broken bones there have been? Uh, two months ago, I uh, did a, a lesson with my sport. Uh, uh, with my sport medical center where I, I stay there and they told me that I have my 28 surgery <laughs> 28 yeah what means for uh, full narcosi uh, like, wow yeah that's crazy 28 I know I, I broke f- four times my collarbones that means uh, only eight surgeries on my collarbones then I broke both my my wrists then I have a really big crash on my knee. And uh, yeah, a few more. I broke my nose like two years ago a few times. And my foot was broken twice. So yeah. not. And yet, and yet you still climb on the bike again every, every time yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. I always... Without any fear? No, no. I, actually, when you're sitting home, you 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 always think to, to stop with everything. And say, ah, I think now it's time to stop. But... Always after surgery, after a long time staying home, I'm I'm better. I'm feeling better on the bike. I don't know why, but sometimes it's good to make breaks. I think that's big problem of the most people. They don't do breaks. They only do breaks when you have surgery, like me. But then uh, over the years, I learned I have to do some break. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that I get uh, family and boys. So then uh, you have to do some breaks and spend more time with with the boys. And I think that's a good, a good, a really good booster for the sport. Uh, I've heard one crazy story about a crash, and I think it was uh, what I've heard. It was in France, and they had some trouble getting you uh, off the course and, and to the hospital. And then even in the hospital, things got worse. Tell, yeah. tell me. <laughs> that's that's a worse story. Really. I was in Valvoir de Galibier. It's a really famous uh, pass for the uh, road road cycles like the Tour de France, and uh, I broke my, my bone on a, on a right corner. I just put my foot out like in a motocross style, and I hit a big hit to my knee. So that means the tibia was broken a few times and torn the tendons, and the knee was like, it was complete fucked. And uh, I wait like almost one hour because they don't give you the helicopter without uh, a doctor saying we need them. And the doctor was coming and tried to do some tests on my knee and say, go away. And he was French. He don't speak any words of 
English even more bad than my one. <laughs> and uh, then in the end, uh, they say, okay, we, we pick you up with a helicopter. Then the army helicopter was coming and they put me to the roof of the hospital somewhere. And I know that was so windy. That means the lift wasn't working because there was too much wind. And they tried to, to put me down the stair, like five people. And in front, the girl was like, uh, what means going over the, over the stair? She, she, she was stumbling, falling? Falling, she falling. And they put me down to the stair. And I, then I have a big uh, hit also here where they have to make with some stitches. So my eye was also bleeding because they put me out on the stair. I was falling down the stair. And then I was I was on the bed still without any painkiller and I was really I was I never was so hard so much pain in my life. And the first time a German doctor was coming and say, Oh my god, what they do with you and they give me so much painkiller so I don't remember anything. Like three or four days later I, I woke up in Swiss and uh, they waited like over two two weeks for uh, surgery because the knee was swollen. And uh, yeah, it was shit. And then I think it was seven or eight months in crutches. Wow. Because always when I st stay up, the, the knee was full of, of uh, blood and that was very bad. I, I need like four or five years to, to recover from them. It happens 213 and 217, 218 was my first season where I... I was able to pedal hard and don't have all these disbalance in my back and my hips because uh, when I train on a power meter, I still have like 45 person on the right and 55 on the left. So the left leg is now so much stronger than the right one after seven years. Is that something that you that you keep track of, like the power on your on your Garmin? Because you you what device do you use? You use the Garmin 130 and you also use the Phoenix 6. Yeah, on the road bike, I prefer the 830 to have bigger display. And uh, when I do some power meter stuff, I really like also the balance stuff that I show you how much you pedal on the right and the left side. So sometimes when you have so much less on the right one, I clip out with the left foot and train only with the right one, like all five minutes for a few pedal strokes. And that helps you a lot, yeah. And on the, on the Endura, I like the 130, the Edge 130s. It's really small. The battery is still uh, able to do six, seven hours. And uh, then the Phoenix 6, is a, it's a perfect watch to to wear them all the time. It looks super nice. And uh, I have the black edition, and I like them. I really like them. So when you forget so anything, an Edge or something, then you always have the Phoenix with you. That's the best. All right, awesome. And obviously, on those uh, on those new Edge computers, also have some really cool mountain bike dynamics, like the grid and the flow. People can see their jump time, uh, the fork side mode. So when you're on the trails, actually see uh, the trails where you're going, which the forks that are coming up. Um, that climb pro future as well, seeing all the gradients. Uh, yeah, that must be pretty pretty decent and uh, useful information for you guys especially maybe when training because i can imagine in a race you don't always have to look the time to uh, to look at all that information yeah it's really cool especially when you when you train also it's when you do always the same track you have always feedbacks like you can uh, say hey on these jumps i'm always like 50 meters and and always it's all also cool at times when you can check the times for for all the runs it helps you a lot to improve and yeah it's it's so many futures it's it's crazy. 
And now we've got the season coming up, 2021. What are the big goals for the season? I think the big goals for the season is maybe to go to go to some races. Uh, I hope the situation is slowly changing. So in Swiss, it looks really good. The the numbers going down, but I don't know what they do for the next few months. But I hope it's raising and time is coming back. But in the end, it's it's the most important thing is to stay healthy, to have uh, the, the family healthy home. So. Yeah, I hope this Corona stuff is is slowly going, and I I don't know what. It's heavy to say the goals for 2021, but in the in the end, hopefully the situation now is changing, and we can uh, share time together and drink beer and met the team, and yeah, you know it's crazy. And do do you keep focusing on enduro this season, or is there also going to be some downhill for you and? I've actually saw that you last year you did the E Mountain Bike World Championships as well. Yeah, it's. I think E Mountain Bike racing is coming really strong. My, I mean, four or five years ago when I do the first race, an E Bike race, everyone was like saying you're uh, stupid or anything. Or actually, if you ride the E Bike, the people were saying I I don't know and this this. And now you're seeing so many people having fun on the E Bike, so. I think the the crazy thing is to say, in my opinion, every rider is paid by e-bikes. I mean, when you say the numbers of cubes, gold tracks, specialized, they say so many e-bikes. That means that the riders, road bike racers, whatever is paid by e-bikes. That's a crazy thing. And uh, e-bike racing is coming for sure. hundred person must be. Maybe they have to find, figure out some solution about power, motors, battery stuff. But this is all uh, technical stuff, and I think they will find a solution. So the way the way we're going to be big in e-bike racing, but let's see. So it could be a goal for you. Maybe uh, next year be the e-bike world champion. Uh, that's really heavy because I'm 183 and have uh, 80 kilogram, and. Uh, <laughs> When a girl is coming with 52 kilogram, you can uh, push so many so hard if you that you want. She's uh, faster because the when she gets some 500 watt extra or 50 kilogram, you can't beat you can't beat the light guy. So I think on a on a loop it must be super technical that you can uh, win a race. But let's see. They also think about to do some uh, trio stuff in and yeah, I think then it's gonna be change. Then, then there are some change. Hopefully, there's got to be some races. Do you have like a favorite race that you want to go back to? Yeah, I'm always my my one of my favorite races is Alpes, the Mega Valage. I think there is is uh, it's the most favorite race in 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 history because everyone was going there and uh, everyone is on the start line. I think everyone is scared on the start line. That's the craziest thing. Because when you stay on three and a half and you see the glacier, they have over 120 k's on the snow. Uh, yeah, it's always a big battle there. But it looks like they have the same date for uh, Enduro World 3, so I will miss them. But this year, I think the World 3 will be perfect for me because there are three races in the Alps. It's one is in Swiss in Gramatana, one is in uh, Val di Fassa, Canate. So I like the races where uh, 
it's in the mountain because the speed is always high and there are crazy races and I'm a little bit crazy though. <laughs> We get it that much uh, after all after all those stories. Uh, high speeds, high cr uh, high amount of crashes, but uh, hopefully uh, stay safe. Um, all right, Gusti, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to let you uh, get back to your kid's birthday and, uh, and to ride with Nino. Uh, say hi to him from us. Um, people, that's a wrap. Uh, make sure you give uh, Gusti a follow. Check out his Instagram account, at Gusti Wildhaber. Definitely worth a follow. And I'm sure he's going to keep you uh, up to date with some uh, crazy adventures uh, that are coming up and some uh, great content. Even Maybe even take a photo today from uh, you and Nino. Yeah, yeah, I will do. All right, awesome. Thanks, Gusti. Good luck for uh, for this uh, for this season, and thank you all for listening to another episode of the Turbo Talks. Please make sure that you tell a friend about the podcast and share all the insights and these stories from Gusti that you've just heard. And in the meantime, make sure you never stop cycling. This was Rob Pau with Gusti Wildhaber on Cube Action Team. Stay tuned for the next Turbo Talks. Thank you. Happy trails.